<laughs> Greetings, citizens. You're now trapped in a nerd cage with your hosts, Mark and Jay. We hope you have a smashing good time. <laughs> Yes, hello and welcome. That's right, you're trapped in Nerd Cage Live. This ain't just a reaction show, but a debate show and a live discussion on everything that makes people like you and I tick. Thank you for joining us. I am Jason G, coming to you live from Syracuse, New York, and always with me, my man, The Fiend from Louisville, Mark. What's shaking, boss? Hey, what's going on, man? Super excited, man. I got to tell you, you know... As someone who is not a big Zack Snyder fan, um, on your recommendation, I went and rented, actually not rented, I purchased the Batman versus Superman Ultimate Edition. And I got to tell you that we all owe uh, Zack Snyder a huge apology. A huge apology. Because, <laughs> because let me tell you, like that version of the film fills in so many gaps that the theatrical yeah. version completely uh, left out. You know, like it, so many holes that that it left. That you know, it it makes the film make narrative sense. It actually gives a lot more uh, gravitas to this uh, this fight between Superman and Batman you know, why each of them thinks the other one is a menace. Um, and then, you know, it answers a lot of questions, you know, it still has its problems. I think, I still think it yeah. does have some, some things where you're just still kind of like, mm, you know, but for the most part, I mean, it's a solid film. I think if this is the film that was released in theaters four years ago, we'd be having a much different conversation about the DCEU and where, Things, we'd probably be in a completely different place right now. Yeah. So, you know, with that said, without giving away too many spoilers or whatever, you know, I kind of wanted to get your take on it because I know you're already a huge Snyder fan. So I want to kind of see. Yeah, you that's, that's, that's what's so funny because you're, you're coming around because anyone little who's by little. the show should know that Mark's not a Snyder guy. No, Snyder's not just not like, you, I mean, you, Mark, you would just be like, oh my gosh, like he can he can do visuals, but he can't tell a story. That's all exactly. I heard. Exactly. That's exactly. all I heard from you. And now, now you're changing your tune a little bit. You know, so the way, so the way for anybody that doesn't know me or anybody that hasn't heard any of our audio, like podcasts or anything like that, the way that I have always viewed Zack Snyder is he's a great visual storyteller. Like mm -hmm. he, he knows how to do action. He knows how to do fight scenes and things like that. I sort of equate him as like the yeah. modern day Michael Bay. Like he's like the Michael Bay of comic book movies. That's how I've always seen him. But uh, I can't, this I can't kind of changed my mind. This, I have to be honest, this movie really did change my mind about, yeah. about his ability to tell a story. And it also opens up like all of these questions about yeah. politics that were going on behind the scenes at Warner Brothers. What was happening at that time that would keep them from releasing this in its entirety, aside from the time limit? Well, basically, there as we kind of tapped on last week was Warner Brothers have they're run by different people now. There's different right. heads in the office now right. that are no longer there, and it's just like okay, so now I feel like 
Warner Brothers is apologizing to Zach and apologizing to the fans right. because we got right. the Snyder Cut coming of Justice League. And, you know, and now recently there's been a resurgence of Man of Steel's finally getting a lot of, you know, getting like a resurgence on Twitter, I've noticed. Right. And I always felt like Batman versus Superman, I think people are going to look back at it. I mean, I know there was that gut reaction, but I think now people are finally looking back at it now. Like you did, you finally took the minute to watch the Ultimate Cut. And, I think people I think people are coming around and now we're wondering what is the future and I and for me I'm excited cuz we, we we are getting the Snyder cut and that version the ultimate cut again should have been in theaters the 30 yeah. minutes that was cut from that movie really uh took took away a lot of elements and if you ask me all the important all the important scenes in that film were completely excised from it you know to where you know all you get is an abstract you know if you look at the theatrical version and i didn't you know i meant to go back and rewatch the theatrical version today so that i could sort of compare notes but from my memory it was a it was a complete abstract it was just like superman thinks that batman is you know this this rogue vigilante batman thinks that superman is just a menace and hasn't really done a whole lot of investigating. They just sort of decided this about each other and that, yeah. you know, Lex Luthor is sort of giving them a countdown to do what they want to do anyway. Yep. And there's all these little extra things in there that, that are just thrown in for nonsense. It was just a yeah. garbled mess. That, that was my original opinion of it. And if I hadn't seen this version of it, that would still be my opinion today. I still think yeah. the theatrical version, whoever made that decision to release that, is probably not at Warner Brothers anymore and probably yeah. rightfully so. This uh, Ultimate Edition should have been the, the theatrical cut. There's no question about it. And, and even though it is three hours plus, I would advise anybody who hasn't seen it yet that's interested in any of the DC properties to not let that sway you. It doesn't feel like three hours. It feels like you know a normal uh, full-length feature. And I yeah. would think that it would feel like that in the theater as well. You'd probably get even more, um, you know, more satisfaction out of it, seeing it on a big screen, you know, in, in yeah. uh, you know, with the full theatrical sound and everything. It'd probably a, be just, a much better. The definitely thing is, uh, we tapped on it earlier, was that Warner Brothers has, like, looking back at some of their big films, like Harry Potter, a lot of those movies are like three hours long. Right. Lord of the Rings, God forbid, anyone who could sit through those movies, oh my God, and I'm, I'm, I don't hate those movies, but that's a long sitting. They're like three and a half, four hours, and then right. they have like these these uh, other cuts that are like longer, but I'm just saying that what, since when has Warner Brothers say three hours is too long? Because historically speaking, like, it, it almost seems like a sabotage. But whatever. I mean, yeah, honestly, it could be that, you know, like, you know, if you look at it on the one hand and and, and uh, I was listening to not listening. Why am I? Why am I saying listening? I was reading an article, an old article from 2016, where Zack Snyder had been interviewed prior to the release of BBS. And he was saying that, you know, I really wanted this to be three and a half, you know, three hours, three and a half hours. You know, I showed my I showed my cut to um, the execs at Warner Brothers, they said it needed to be trimmed down and because I'm not Spielberg and I'm not Peter Jackson, I had to relent. That was yeah. his exact words. So maybe 
you know, maybe the reason why you get, you know, a three hour Hobbit movie or, you know, or, you know, you know, a three, three and a half hour Harry Potter movie is because those are directed by people who actually have a longer track record and, you know, and, and were better known at the time, you know, so, so I kind of understand that point of view. I kind of wish that maybe he had fought for it a little more or maybe even split those into two movies. I think that that would have worked even better. You know, because then you could have put in, you could have put in more. You could have put in another 15, 20 minutes more per film and have yeah. it split into two and, and and flush the story out even more. But, you know, I understand, you know, like where he was at at the time. Yeah. And Warner Brothers was already like kind of, you know, I was reading something about the, you know, the politics that were going on behind behind the scenes. They were already not very happy with him because of Man of Steel, yeah. you know that not being a bad film, but commercial commercially, it didn't do what they wanted it yeah. to do. And so um, you have like- again, gut, gut reactions. Right. Now, now I think people are looking back at it now, like, hmm, you know, maybe they didn't pick up things before, maybe they just view it different now. Exactly. Like, so, yeah, now. so. <laughs> I could talk about this for the entire half hour. I was yeah. that. I was that like impressed with it, really. But well, good. I I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to see you're coming around to the the, the dark side, the Snyder side. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll, we'll see what the uh, with the justice what the Snyder cut of Justice yeah. League has for us. But I, I'm definitely even but more intrigued okay. now about it. Okay. So you, you so Marcus so you heard it, folks. Marcus officially put dipped his toe in the pool just a little bit. Just a little bit. He didn't make just yeah, a just a bit. He didn't make the big splash, but he, he, he you know put his toes in the pool. Right. Now I understand. <laughs> there's another movie that you recently recently watched. I can't right. hear your take on. So yeah. So earlier this week, I, I finally got around to watching Invisible Man, which I'd been wanting to watch since it came out. Oh, you know, that was heard good. all these great things about it. It was good. It did not disappoint. It was so good. That was, <laughs> was a seven million dollar budget. That's what I'm saying. And it made, I, I did the math on it, like it made like 18 times the amount yeah. that was spent on it. It was like 126 million domestically. So it was a, a tremendous hit, you know, like it, yeah. that came out of, that really came out unexpected. of Unexpected. Yeah. Just no one was asking just the for it. it we, we all know, <laughs> going back a little bit. Oh man, Tom Cruise, the mummy. Oh man, that, that was, uh, okay. Why you gotta that bring was, up? Those? Okay, okay. That was a missed opportunity. Right. That could have right. been great because yeah. leading up to it, the previews, I was excited for it. Like I was like all about it. I I missed the theater theatrical run because I I heard from everybody. Right. Finally came the Blu-ray. I'm like, all right, well let me watch it. And then I'm just like, oh man, what 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 they could it could have been great. It really it could have been great. Right. And. They, you know, I know. Here's the thing, though. Universal was the first to do the shared universe thing, and then another one that comes to mind is Toho, mm-hmm. um, doing the shared universe thing, you know, in Japan. And now, right. obviously, Marvel, Marvel has brought it to a modern audience and took it to the next level. Right. And of course, you know, you know, now now we have like all these, you know, shared universes and whatever. And I can, I understand why Universal wants to get on it because they feel like they're the first to do it. They feel they can do it again. But now I think they found some footing. Peep, there is an audience for these right. for these universal monsters, but we don't want 
it be forced, you know? Right. Well, I mean, it's important to note too that that what they're saying now is that even though all of these films are coming out of the same studio, they're not very interested in making sure that it is a shared cinematic universe. Yeah. They, you know, there was talk about uh, about uh, Doctor Jekyll making an appearance in The Invisible Man, um, wow. you know, to sort of set up other films. And then, you know, after a little bit of discussion, they realize, well, there's no real reason, at least for right now, to to connect these films. Maybe at a later, maybe at a later date, but yeah. let's just concentrate on making really good films for yeah. the cheap. And, and they so, pulled off. <laughs> yeah, they pulled it off. Moss, man, she, she. Well, she's great I, in everything, right? She's well, amazing in everything. I've always known who she was. I listen, I never watched Mad. My dad watches Mad, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and um. And my mother actually watched his Handmaid's Tale. Right. So, so I didn't, um, I wasn't really up to, I mean, I was aware of the stuff she's done, but I haven't, I haven't watched that. So seeing her in this movie, I'm just like, wow, she just talk about a, a, a mesmerizing performance. Right. And then not to go into spoilers, but there's once the restaurant scene, I, I'll say nothing more, the restaurant scene and a few others, like, <laughs> wow. Yeah, I don't that, think that was... any, I don't think any other actress could pull off what she pulled off, and the execution. Um, and it was a good explanation. My my only problem was the, I think the previews accidentally gave the Invisible Man away a little bit with the, um, the splash of paint. You know what I'm talking right. about? I think they, they, I think that was probably in poor taste. Of they probably could have done without showing that in the trailer, but. I can get past it. It was this movie was so well executed. It was a great story. It was tense. I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. I didn't even want to blink because you knew you knew he was out there. The Invisible Man. I'm saying you knew he was right. out there. You didn't want to blink because if you blinked, you could have missed something that he did. Whatever he was pulling on a sheet or grabbing something off the table or whatever. Like right. Oh man, I can't remember the last. Definitely one of the best 2020 releases. I, I definitely top top three for me for 2020 right. so far. And yeah. I, yeah. I would, I would agree with that. I would say that this is, you know, we haven't had a ton, you know, with, with COVID-19 yeah. and everything like that, with the theaters closing down, we yeah. really haven't had, uh, you know, a ton of home runs out there, but I mean, as far as what has come out this year so far, this is definitely a favorite for me for yeah. this year and shout out to out to Aldous Hodge you know, for yeah. for his supporting role, you know, for people who don't know who he is. He, you know, if anybody who has seen the film, he's the friend that, that took Elizabeth Moss's character in and has the daughter and he's the cop and everything like that. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's a really great actor, uh, very unsung at this point, but I think he has mm -hmm. a really bright, bright future. I mean, he's really yeah. good. He was actually my, um, before, uh, what's the actor's name? Before Chadwick Boseman came along, he was actually like my fan cast for Black Panther. Oh, I actually okay. thought he would have been a good Black Panther. But, okay. um, but you know, with that said, you know, Chadwick Boseman is amazing. But this guy, I think, has a really bright future um, oh, yeah. ahead of him. I think he's going to be a big star. So, Excellent. So with the success, success of Invisible Man, we now we've learned recently that Ryan Gosling is going to be Wolfman in a Wolfman right. movie. What I don't know what time setting they're going for because I know the Benicio del Toro one from a decade ago was set in the old times and right. 
and now James Wan's directing a Frankenstein movie about mm-hmm. a uh, a guy who's assembling a monster in his basement, and his neighbors are watching him. So right. I am so intrigued about these upcoming uh, Universal monster movies. Now, whether they're connected or not, I don't care. I'm right. looking forward to these movies, and um, if they can just if they can keep it in the same vibe of what Invisible Man was, you know, making it more like a suspense. Right. You know, oh my god, I, I look forward to this, and I, I really hope, I really hope they can continue making these uh, monster movies for a modern audience. I, th- I think I think that they've finally figured out. I think they've cracked the code with this with mm-hmm. with this last film. Yeah, and um, after like now, four failed attempts, right after multiple attempts. Although Van Helsing, which I it's a fun movie, but Van right. Helsing, and then you had. Um, Dracula Untold. Which... I actually liked Dracula Untold. Though. Wasn't bad. I liked it. Wait, I thought it, just... it was. It wasn't great, but I I, I did enjoy it. I, I you know I'm a big fan of of yeah. uh, of Luke Evans anyway. Yeah. So you know I I thought it was I thought it was a. But really that was what most of the universe didn't sure. happen. Didn't happen. And then the Mummy, and we all know that story. Right. Right. I think at this point they you know I think they're making the right decision by not connecting them right away. I think you go ahead and you tell the standalone, you know, you tell the standalone stories on a low budget, you know, on a low budget. You let these films do what they do. And then maybe, you know, eight years from now, 10 years from now, when these individual franchises have been solidified, then you connect them, you know? Yeah. So, and I, and I really think that's their plan. I know that um, in addition to the movies that you mentioned, there's also going to be a couple of, comedies i guess you can say or comedy tinged kind of films like there's mm-hmm. one coming out called renfield which is a which is about the assistant to dracula you know if oh, anybody who's okay. familiar with like the Bram, Bram stoker novel dracula has um you know he employs his lawyer the and, yeah his yeah. lawyer but he's actually like a little bit mentally deficient and eats insects and you know different you know there's different takes on him, but this version of him, I guess, is going to be uh, sort of a disgruntled uh, assistant. Um, okay. <laughs> and it's sort of, when I read the synopsis, they 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 pointed to Taika Waititi a lot. I know he's not involved in the project, but I think the idea is to sort of give it that satire, that you know, that that satire vibe. So there's that, and then there's uh, Elizabeth Banks doing an Invisible Woman which I think is going to be interesting. I thought Invisible Woman was going to be a sequel to yeah. the movie I just watched, but it turns out it's going to be a completely different story. So, but you know, I'm still excited about it. Yeah. It'll still be good. All right. All right. So with, uh, speaking on upcoming films, uh, we were shell shocked yesterday um, of basically Warner Brothers shifted all their movies, right. which also created a domino effect because they weren't the only ones I think um Universal shifted a couple mm-hmm. of their movies and uh so I don't know where you want to begin but <laughs> Tenet was now Tenet I don't really think Tenet was really affected much. Tenet was originally supposed to be released July 17th, now moved to July they pushed 31st it back 2 weeks, yeah. Because this is the movie that Warner Brothers is banking on to get people in the theaters to get to get the movie theaters rolling again. Like right. a lot, and I don't think it's just Warner. Bros. I think other studios are like watching Tenet. Yeah, everybody's everybody's yeah. looking to. And it's got the most pressure. Right, right. And then we had Wonder Woman got pushed back two months to October, right. which 
again, it kills me a little bit because we were supposed to get it last November, then it right. changed to June, and then now uh, August, and now October. I mean, I, you know, I I get the sense Warner Brothers doesn't want to push it too much, push it back too much because they really want to this to come in theaters. Right. But the most gut wrenching and the most annoying and the most head scratching one for me, um, Godzilla versus Kong for the fourth time has been the fourth time been delayed. Right. All the way to May 2021, and therefore Matrix, which was going to be the Matrix Four weekend release. Right. By the way, uh, Jigsaw or not Jigsaw, uh, Spiral. Spiral. Sam Jackson yeah, is Rocks. coming out the same. Yeah. Is coming out the same weekend as Godzilla vs Kong, May 21st, 2021. Right. And now Matrix Four has been postponed to May 2022. And right. therefore, with Godzilla vs Kong moving, James Bond moved up a week to November 20th. And um, Bill and Ted moved up a week in August. So right. uh, again, shell shock. And now there's rum- not, nothing official, but there's rumblings about Disney moving their uh, Marvel movies again. But it hasn't been official yet. But right. the, the official is Warner Brothers has moved. James Bond moved up and Bill and Ted moved up. So right. uh, Mark, right. what do you got to say on those? <laughs> well, I mean, it's... You know, this is this is probably the trickiest um, scenario that any studio could probably come up with. You know, this is we're in uncharted waters with COVID-19 and how it has affected our everyday lives. Um, And I think that the movie theaters are going to have the hardest time of anybody, really, as far as coming back. Every state's different. Yeah, because it's not. Yeah, it's even beyond, you know, the state's giving the go-ahead to say, okay, you can reopen on this date. It's a confidence thing, right? Because if you think about each individual movie theater as a box, right? So you have a small box and it's going to have X amount of people in it. You've got to sit in, in this box with these people breathing the same air for two hours, two and a half hours, three hours, you know? So while I think that it's probably going to be okay you know the you know the the right safeguards are look it sounds like the right safeguards are going to be in place they're doing everything they can to make sure that you know these areas are sanitized yeah i think that in people's minds they're still wondering if it's safe to do that and so you know that's got to have studios worried so you know you, you know even though here in Kentucky, I think that our, our theaters are going to be opening pretty soon. It's so close to when, let's say, Wonder Woman opening in August. That's still close. Yeah. So, so much, in fact, that, you know, does Warner Brothers want to risk their probably their biggest film of the year? Yeah. You know, do they want do they want to risk blowing that in a period where people are still unsure about going to the movies? So I, it, to me, it makes perfect sense that, you know, some of the, some of the bigger budget films and some of the ones that, are, that you plan to use to make a bigger splash, that you would push those back. And the, and, the, and the additional reason I think is that you wanna also give yourself enough time to ramp up that marketing, you know? Because you, could, you, know, you wanna give yourself at least two to three months, maybe even more for like a really strong marketing campaign to let people know like, hey, Wonder Woman is coming out on this date, you know, Godzilla versus Kong coming out on this date, 
you know, give yeah. them give them the right amount of trailers and make sure that everybody yeah. knows to come out. So it to me it makes sense, even though from a fan perspective you're like, oh come on, you know, yeah. I totally get that. But you know, business is business, and we do at the end of the day we want these movies to be successful so they'll make more. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Yeah. So what's what's your feeling on it? Well, frustration. Um, I mean, I, I'm I'm eager to go back to the movies. Right. Um, Me too. That's like you know, like I said, that's like part of my normal lifestyle. Is, you know, I do go I go to the movies every week. I go to the gym, you know, when I can. Right. And right now, New York State, neither one of them are open, so it's like I don't. I, once those open back up, I'm gonna feel some kind of normalcy again. Right. Um, I, I I can echo everything that you just said, but at the same time, like. I mean, you can't lose. I, I, I like video on demand is still vi- video on demand is still an option. I mean, I, I understand this. Some students can be hesitant, but like Wonder Woman eighty four. Okay, I know for a fact that there was rumors about that going video on demand. I think they can still find success in video on demand. I know. I know they want to get the theater. I know they want to get the butts in the theaters. I know they, they want to make a profit in the theater. But you know what? I think Wonder Woman, especially the fact that we got the momentum of Justice League Snyder cut, I think it's got people excited. I think Wonder Woman could could possibly write off the coattails. Who knows? I don't know. I just like it's 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 touchy territory, you know. But the thing is, my my personal frustration is. Not so much at Wonder Woman because Wonder Woman didn't didn't get pushed back too much. Neither the Tenant. Those are right. those are not big postponements, and they're not right, shocking right. either. The shocker to me was the fact that they pushed Godzilla versus Kong all the way back to right. May tw- May. Right. Keep it in mind, it's been postponed four times. It was supposed to, first. It was October of 2019. Mm-hmm. Right. It was supposed to come out the same year as King of the Monsters. Right. The movie's been done. The movie w- was done filming even before King of the Monsters came out. Then they moved it to March. Yeah. They moved the movie to March. Mm -hmm. Then they moved it to November and now May. So it's like new mutants all over again. My concern is Godzilla vs. Kong has not. Let's see. Every time it's been postponed, it had nothing to do with COVID. It's been postponed for other reasons they're not going to say. Okay. So I I got two takes on it, and I, I need to rant a little bit. One. I was never sold on Adam Wingard as a director. Um, I enjoyed VHS. I don't know if you just heard the VHS movies. They're all over on Video On Demand. But those are found footage horror movies. I personally like them, but I wouldn't recommend it to everybody. It's because found footage is is not something that everyone can get into. Right. Um, So I don't really have faith given his reputation. I don't have like the biggest faith in Adam Wingard taking on the daunting task of the two biggest monster movies of all time. Right. The other thing I find troublesome is the special effects. They get they, every MonsterVerse movie has been a different special effects crew, different director, um, same writers but different directors and different crew. The special I don't know the man's name, but the guy who did the special effects for Christopher Robin. Okay. Okay, those are probably the worst special effects I've ever seen. The, the <laughs> of Winnie the Pooh. Right. You know, a, a living, a live Weenie the Pooh with. Sure. It's just, it looked bad and it was laughable. And I, I saw all the that. memes. I laughed. But you're giving this man the keys to do Godzilla versus Kong. 
That worries me. So I'm wondering if they're postponing because they're not happy with the special effects or they're not happy with the script or they're not happy with this, this, and that. I'm wondering, like, it's just, tr it's just troublesome that they're postponing this movie for a fourth time. And when you look at the reception to King of the Monsters and you look at the... You know, you know, a relatively unknown director and a special effects supervisor that I wasn't a fan of. And add all that stuff up, it worries me. And um, whew, boy, I don't know what else to say. Hey, without pissing off the kaiju community, but man, when you when you there's no when you, when you when you do the math, it's just not a good sign. That's all I'm gonna say. Okay. And that, and that's, you know, you obviously know a lot more about those Godzilla films than I do. I'm not, a, I'm not a big kaiju fan. I've yeah. only, I only know like the minimal amount that, yeah. I've, that I've read about the, the production. So yeah. what I did read recently was that um, they actually did halt production during COVID. I guess I don't know if there were reshoots or or other things. Must that have were been going reshoots on. because they were done. With principal photography was done right before King of the Monsters even came out right right so apparently what they yeah apparently what they were talking about were either reshoots or maybe ADR or something else that was going on that um it wasn't finished oh, maybe it was only uh principal photography because I do remember they uh spoke with one of the stars and they asked about it and they said oh, do you have to do anything additional and she said no all the principal photography was yes done. that was uh jessica oh, I think she was in a uh, baby driver oh I can't yeah i think isa oh. isa yes. gonzalez yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. so right. yeah so so yeah basically what she said was yeah all the principal photography is done so um it could have just been you know maybe they didn't have all the all the effects maybe they didn't have the scoring maybe they didn't have all the adr completed and so they did yeah, halt production for some they, of that. Oh, maybe they saw the special effects and like, oh, we can't do <laughs> like, that. Like, oh, we need to kind of. Because, <laughs> like redo. I said, Christopher Robin, I'm sorry, right. I know there's people who like that movie, but to me, that was like the biggest joke of the year. I couldn't stop laughing at the trailers. I couldn't stop laughing at the the parody trailers. Like, right. I was dying, and I'm just like, I'm like, I'm like, there's no way you can defend those special effects. And then Karma came back to bit me in the ass. <laughs> Because now this guy got hired to do Godzilla versus Kong, and I guess right. Karma back at me. <laughs> right, right. So, I mean, you you may be a hundred percent right, or it could just be, you know, we're standard. Yeah, we're we're speculating. You know, I I'm of I'm of the mind that it's just sort of par for the course. Like they were they were ready to go, but because they had to move these other films like it was a domino effect. It was just, okay, we've got to shuffle these these movies down the line. And unfortunately, yeah. GBK is one of those that just has to has to move. Yeah, but, but the baffling thing is, Dune did not move. That's in December. Wow, yeah, that's true. It didn't move. Yeah, yeah you're right. Dune, as far as I know, I checked this morning, Dune still has a December release date. Mm -hmm. And the... Um, well, that we know, like we don't know yeah. if they've announced. They have. They probably just haven't announced it yet. If it has moved, but it could be that that uh, that maybe maybe they're maybe they maybe they just reshuffled the ones that they felt like they that were a bigger risk. Yeah. Like, let's put it that way. So Dune Dune is far enough out to yeah. to where you know 
we should know what's going on with COVID and everything like that by the time it's scheduled to to, to be released. Yeah. So, you know, whether or not, um, you know what I mean, whether or not we're open in the summer or, you know, a little bit later, September, October, whatever, it shouldn't yeah. affect that release date. So it makes sense to me that that will kind of stay where it is. And then these other ones that were, that, that had uh, release dates that were a little bit closer, you would have to move those and then it would just be sort of a ripple effect with these other ones. Yeah. All right. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so a little bit fired up on that subject there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, it's just, it, it, just being a diehard fan, it bothers me, but I don't think, I don't think there's, I don't think people are seeing the whole picture, but I, I, right. I you know, I, I, like I said, if I, if I was on monstrosities right now, big shout out to monstrosities, friend, right. friend of the channel. Um, if I was on that channel and we, and I, and I, and I spilled my guts there, uh, th that fan, th that everyone in that chat would have like shot me down so hard. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, oh, I have faith in it. I, uh, I want to, that's the thing. I want to. Right. And like I said, I enjoyed King of the Monsters, but I recognize that it wasn't what it panned what it out been. to be, what it right. could have been. Right. I recognize that. And I did not, I hated 2014. But I love Skull Kong, Skull Kong Skull, Skull Island, Island, which yeah. by far is the best one among the three of them thus far. Right. Um. But like I said, just by my, my the fanboy in me is just like, like, oh my god, this is gonna be so great. But like the other part of me is just like, just, right. You know what? Don't 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 go in with th these high expectations and then come down and walk out of the theater disappointed, like. It's just it's so conflicting as a diehard fan of, and I'm a Kong fan too. Like I'm right. not just a, I just I love monster movies, um, but it's just oh I just I just my faith is just dwindled a little bit because of again a fourth time being postponed. That's all. It's, it's, it wasn't like it was postponed once, four times now. Right. I mean, so you feel about Godzilla versus Kong the way that I feel about New Mutants. Yeah. Like come on already you know what yeah. i mean <laughs> like, like how many times i think they they have God, like, 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 on I got new mutants like is like is like contagious <laughs> yeah, that's it that's it new it's a contagion. contagious yeah that's it <laughs> you know so you know that you know you know as, as we speak about about some of these films that like we can't wait to kind of dig into um i know that you saw the trailer as I saw for uh, Bill and Ted Three. Yes. <laughs> oh, now, Never now the day. Yeah, me either. I thought, you know, I walked out of Bill and Ted's bo bogus journey thinking like that's it. They've gone to the future. Yeah. They've come back. They know how to play. They they're gonna write this song, and that is yep. the end. That is the absolute end. But they figured out a way to. Uh, to give them a plot point for for yep. a third film. So, what do you it think of that trailer? Piano. Oh, yeah. I love the trailer. Oh my right. god, I laughed and I'm like, wow, Bill <laughs> Bill Winter still has it. Like he he didn't he didn't lose a beat. One of my friends was telling me like, yeah, but Keanu doesn't doesn't handle the voice. I well, I'm like, well, it's been a long time for Keanu. Well, I right thought, and yeah. Yeah, and also, also, like, naturally speaking, like, you know, it's how long is that? It's been almost 30 years since yep. the second film came out. 
naturally your voice would change and your yeah. mannerisms would change. You'd, yeah. You would get a little bit older, even if you felt younger and acted younger. So yeah. I think that it's pretty much right on, you know? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm excited because it's just like, you know, I'm a 90s guy. Um, Bill and Ted, I saw those movies when I was really young and I feel like Bill and Ted was partially, between MTV and um, Bill and Ted and Beavis and Butthead and a few other things and, you know, and having an older sibling, my dad. I mean, all of that was like the perfect storm, like the gateway to bring me into like hard rock and heavy metal. And I discovered a lot of, um, I discovered a lot, you know, between all of that, but Bill and Ted played a crucial role in the music that I listened to. Right. And I'm just, I'm just, I never, never thought in a million years that Keanu would come back to that role or, you know, I just, it's awesome. Like we're coming full circle. I mean, I'm hoping I may, maybe this will open up, open up a door to like other movies that need to come back or maybe a Wayne's world three. I mean, you never oh, know. Wow. It's, it's exciting <laughs> to see this actually happening because I never thought, I mean, we've heard rumblings for years. I never thought it was going to happen after watching that trailer didn't disappoint and it didn't give away too much i will be there opening night for sure right same here i mean you know when i first saw the the teaser my initial reaction was well they really didn't give you very much but then when you think about it that's what makes it yeah good right so they 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 laid out exactly where they are now where they've been this whole time what the you know what they've been up to or not been up to and then they let you know what the mission is but they yeah. don't give you anything beyond that you know the rest yeah. of it is just like little quick snips of different scenes but you're not given any context in what those scenes are which i think is is, is the perfect way to do a trailer oh, so yeah. so you know for my money i i loved it i thought i thought the trailer did did its job it, it piqued yep. my interest and now i'm ready to see this thing whenever oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or like wildfire, everyone on Twitter, everyone on Facebook. Or like, yep. I think the general consensus is that everyone's excited. And again, I especially love that death is back. Yes. And <laughs> like we, I mean, I wasn't asking for this personally. Right. I wasn't asking for it, but now that it's that it's happening, I'm all I'm all on board. Yeah. I can't wait. Too. I can't wait to go on this this journey that I know will not be bogus. Right. <laughs> it's gonna be excellent. <laughs> it's gonna be excellent. <laughs> Yes. All right. So <laughs> I think I think okay. So I think we we covered everything we needed to cover. So uh, I mean, I guess uh, actually there actually before we go, there was uh, a tragedy in the comic book world. Mark, want to touch on that real quick? Um, yeah. So so for so for uh, for comic book fans like myself, um, specifically fans of, of Batman and and the Arrow and uh, uh, some of the Silver Age comics, uh, Denny O'Neill passed away, um, you know, and that is one of the saddest, you know, for me, you know, as a, as a long time reader and, and fan of his, you know, a tremendous loss to the comic book world. I mean, his influence specifically to, um, to the demeanor of Batman and also the Joker, you know, he's responsible for making the Joker, you know, taking him from, you know, just a silly sort of side character in the Silver Age Batman comics to 
the Joker that we know now, which is the violent psychopath that everyone yeah. should fear. You know, he did that with the Joker's five-way revenge and then later other subsequent stories. You know, um, he also did a lot of great things with, um, you know, Green Lantern, Green Arrow. That's an amazing series that came out in the 70s that had to do with, you know, uh, a lot of political issues that were happening at the time that people are actually revisiting. They're, they're discovering those yeah. now and seeing how they relate to today. I mean, the guy was just a, a visionary. He was, he was a, an amazing writer and he's, he's going to be missed. You know, so Absolutely. I mean, yeah, rest in peace. Long story short, he so the Batman that we have now was completely, you know, shaped by him. So absolutely, absolutely, he was. You know, yeah, so I, yeah, I could we 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 couldn't leave today without talking about that. So right. I'm glad we didn't. Um, well, anyway, we'll well we'll call it a wrap now. I mean, that was a lot of fun. We had a great discussion here. So uh, we say to everybody here uh, before we go, we ask you to pretty please like, comment. Ring that bell. Spread this shit like syphilis. Tell your friends about us. Um, <laughs> so do you guys <laughs> Somebody's laughing. Bill to Syracuse. <laughs> to our friends and fans around Nerd Cage Live, enjoy life, stay safe, and good night. Sayonara. <laughs>